morning, everyone. Today we are in our yeshiva, experiencing a Yom Iyun dedicated to the legacy of Moreno Rabbeinu, of Yosef Dovah Levi Salavechik, Seichet Tzadik Levrocha, and the Yom Noroim. The Yom Noroim. There's so much to be said. I recommend, if one wants to hear the actual goings-on in the Rav's Minyanim in Boston area, both in Roxbury and in Brookline, those who know the history of the Rav's life in Boston, should hear a recording of Rav Shech the Shalita in the Shia which is going on at the very present time. Mishnah Masech the Yuma tells us you can't be in two places at the same time. I was never Zoche to be with the Rav on actually Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur in person as Rav Shechta was on many occasions. Much of what he will be saying is found in a beautiful Mavzer called Mavzer Mesorah to Rav Yom Kippur in the Hanhogos section which is written with the great input of a contemporary of mine, Mendy Gopin, Shalita, who grew up around the corner from Maimonides, and his father was about Musaf, Yom Naroim, for many years, so he actually witnessed it as well. I'm only an indirect uh, spokesperson. And I therefore like to share with you some of my memories of what I heard from, the, from my Rebbe, from Salavetchik, over many, many years, because although we learned different Mesechtas, it wasn't a single year when we learned Mesech Rosh Hashanah, Mesech Yuma. But the Rebbe was very fond of speaking to us before Yom Tovim about the Yom Tovim. And so I heard it from him more than once, his Shirub on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. I'd like to share with you some of the ideas. Gemara tells us in Mesech Rosh Hashanah, if, is it, if there's a Mesech Rosh Hashanah, uh, it would be helpful. That there's a machlokas between Rabbi Yochan and Benuri and Rabbi Akiva. Exactly, fine, it's good. good, good. Exactly at what point the various psukim that we say in Malchus, Sichronus, and Shofras are recited. It's a Mishnah Mesech, there Shanaf, Lam, and Bezim, and Aleph. They were taught, Rabbi Akiva says, we know. Avos, Kvuros, Kedushas Hashem. And Kolo Malchios in Kedushas Hayom. The ten psukim of Malchios are put in the bracha of Kedusha Sayom, which ends, Melech al-Kol Aretz Mekadosh Yisrael V'yom HaZikoron. That's Kedusha Sayom. That's what we do. We never imagined or dreamt of any possible alternative. What else makes sense? Well, there's a man named Rabbi Yochan of Nuri who precedes Rabbi Akiva the Mishnah with a completely different idea. And you know, Malchios, the word Melech, is found in an additional bracha, HaMelech HaKadosh. And therefore he jumps the gun, he's in a rush, he puts the psukim in the third bracha of Shmon ending HaMelech HaKadosh, and not in the fourth bracha of Shmon which ends HaMelech HaKadosh, Mekadosh Yisrael, Yom Ezekar. Everyone understand what I just said? That's what Yochanan ben Nuri. Rabbi Kiva says to Rabbi Kiva, Amr Rabbi Kiva says to Gemara, Im eino tokeya lamalchius, lamahu maskir. Even Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri agrees 
that the Tchia Shofar is not in the third bracha, but in the fourth bracha. Ask Rabbi Kiva to Rabbi Yochanan So what are you doing over here? If you don't blow then, why are you mentioning the Pesukim then? Says the Gemara. Lama humaskir. Rachmona Amar Itkar. The Torah said, you have to mention these Pesukim. As a matter of fact, it may even be a Dinda or Isa. Rashi seems to say, it's a Dinda or Isa to mention the Pesukim. Rashi both in Chumash, and Rashi implies it in, the, in his parish Rosh Hashanah as well. And the question against Rashi is, how can it be? And the last stop in the Gemara Masechta Rosh Hashanah tells us if the two towns, one has the Tkiyas and one has the Brochus, even if one has a Suffolk Tkiyas, you go there. Why? Because the Tkiyas are the Rais and the Brochus are the Rabbonim. So how can the Rashi say that the Brochus are the Rais? So my Rebbe, the Rav, Zechron of the answered, right. Brochus on their own is the Rabbonim. The two towns, one is this and one is that. That is the Rabbonim. But when you blow the shofar and you say the tkiyas, and you say the brachas along with the tkiyas shofar, that is what we'll call an enhancement of tkiyas shofar on the level of Doraisa based on zikr and trua. That's what Rashi says in Chumash. That's the question. That's the answer. In other words, let's review again. Tkiyas shofar alone is certainly the right. Yom Tzuyelachem. Brachas on their own is the Rabbonim. But if you say the brachas together with the tkiyas, you've enhanced the tkiyas, and you've made a, what we call a kiyum daraisa, and therefore it's very, very important. So the kids and what's what is he saying? Why is he blow? Why is he saying the pesukim? The Torah said, say the pesukim. And as a matter of fact, the pesukim themselves, even on the on the malchus achronos and shofars, even on its own, without any tkiyas, for example, on Shabbos coming up, the Shabbos is no tkiyas, might also be a daraisa. Because Lashon the Gemara is in Masechta Rosh Hashanah, Imru Lefanai Malchius. I mean Imru Lefanai. So with the Rabbanah, so the Ritzvah says Masechta in Masechta Rosh Hashanah. That says I am. People think Asmach is only just a, a hint. No, it's the Ritzon Habore. Chazal made it obligatory with the for the Kodesh Baruch Hu made it optional. That's the, Rab- the Ritzvah is very sharp against those, perhaps including the Rambam, who say the other way around. You look at In any event, so what, what do you mean? Why is he saying it? Says the Gemara, and it's such an enigmatic line. Says, "Lama eser lema teisha holvishtani ishtani." Instead of saying ten, you know there are ten. Ever know? Haven't looked at the Marzi yet? Three from the Torah, three from Tillin, three from the Vir, and then one from Torah at the end. So he wants to know. So why are you saying ten should only say nine? It's such an enigmatic passage in the Gemara. What in the world is the Gemara talking about? Why say nine instead of ten? Ishtani, Ishtani. What do the words mean? This is a Gemara which at first glance has no explanation. Till my Rebbe Zechron and the Ruch enlightened us with the following brilliant interpretation and that we shall see shortly thereafter how it has relevance halacha lemaisa. The Rebbe said as follows. If you look at a Mahzah, and I brought a Mahzah Rosh Hashanah with me, it all starts the same way. All the Malchus, the Chronos, and Shofar start with a recitation of Psukim. They recite so many Psukim, one and another and another. Fine. So you have three from the Torah, three from Tillim, three from the Vir, and then the number 10 is a remarkable Pasuk on two levels. 
Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. It's not worthy for two reasons. One, the word Melech is not found. Every other one has the word Melech in it. Every single one except for this one. Number two, one has to compare this Malchios to the two subsequent brachos, Zichronos and Shofros. The two subsequent brachos, Zichronos and Shofros, you have the same pattern, three Torah, three Tilim, three Nevi'im. But the tenth pasuk, for example, in Zichronos, the tenth pasuk is as follows. Etc. And he asks Hashem should remember this and that. And then it says, as it says, Besor Asecha, Zochait Lembris Vishonim, Brochat Hashem Zochar Abris. So the tenth postage is not found before Elokeinu Elokeinu Vosainu, the Brocha begins, but rather in the middle. And the exact same thing follows with respect to Shofros. Once again, we see the three Torah, and then the Vim, then Tilim, then the Vim, and then as it says in the Torah, again, so why then is the Shema Yisrael before Elokein of Elokein of Seinum? It should have been inserted in the middle, just as the last puzzle, the tenth puzzle of Torah, is in the middle of Brachas in Zechronos and Shofos. That's the question. The answer is as follows. The brachas which we recite in Zechronos and Shofros are unique to Musaf Rosh Hashanah. They're only said then, never before, never after, only in Musaf. Contrast this with the bracha that we say, which you're going to hear already on Friday night at Marif, and again in Shachris, and again at Mincha. So that's a bracha which is all the tefillahs of Rosh Hashanah. In the other tefillahs, there's no, there's no Malchus, no Zechronos, no Shofros, just just so therefore, Shema Yisrael doesn't belong in the middle of the bracha over there. Chazal did not want to change. The bracha which is used for, for Mariv and for Shachas and for Mincha is exactly the same as for Musa. So therefore, they had no choice, as it were, but to put the tenth pasuk and set it where it really belongs, in the middle of that bracha, they put it before the bracha begins. Oh, now I understand the Gemara. The Gemara says... Rabbi Kiva tells Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri, if you would blow shofar, you have to have ten. You're not blowing shofar, you have to have nine. Whoa, it sounds like gibberish. What's it all about? The answer my Rabbi explained is as follows. The first nine psukim were called recitals. You're reciting about the theme, whether it be Malchus, Zechonos, and Shofar. The tenth is intimately connected to the shofar. How so? The shofar, as my Rabbi explained, is a zaka. He called it a primal scream a person is yelling out without even words. Someone's without words is the most emotionally charged trilo. That's what Shofar is representing, Za'aka before HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the Za'aka before HaKadosh Baruch Hu should be enhanced with words. As we said earlier, it could even be a Daraisa. Enhanced with the words of Malchus, Echronos, and Shofar, respectively. And that's why the last Pasuk, which is a trilo, must be inserted in the middle of the of the bakasha, alokeinu, 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 zachreinu, or tkabeshofa, and it should have been really in the middle of maloch as well. It should have been maloch al kolu lechodecha, malchusa b'kol mashala, shenem ashma yisrael, Hashem alokeinu, Hashem alchad. That's what should have happened, but the Chazal did not want to tinker, if you will, with the same bracha which they're using for the other tefillahs of Marev and Shavas and Milcha. They put it just before. We understand what he said. 
you're not blowing that it's only the recitations. The recitations are nine psukim. Why do you have the tenth psukim in the third bracha when you're blowing in the fourth bracha? A brilliant interpretation of the Gemara that my Rebbe said, and it's related directly to the idea that the Shema Yisrael really belongs conceptually in the middle of the bracha of Maloch. You'll say, the Rebbe has a fantastic shot. It's great. It's terrific. You say it over to your children. It's great. What does it do with anything I'm doing in real life? Ah, it has a lot to do. You see, you'll come to Shul on Shabbos, wherever you happen to be davening, you'll note that there's a certain meaning in our communities that the tzibur sings a little ditty after a paragraph is over. Remember that from last year, Rosh It's already almost 12 months since you heard it last time. You'll hear it again on Shabbos. So this is typically done when the paragraph is over. The chazan gets a little bit prompting. Why do they do that? My guess is give the chazan a chance to catch his breath. Whatever the reason is. But that's, that's a minute Yisrael. I'm serving as a chazan myself for many years. It helps to catch your breath a little bit. When do you do it? So, you know, Malchus will say, Yachad Shiftei Yisrael. You finish the Torah, and then you go, dun, dun, dun. And then you finish by the Tillim. And then you finish the next bracket, printed in every single Mazah that we have. It says, Hashem, 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 Hashem. Then they do the Diddy, and they say, Maloch. They already said, No, can't do it that way. You gotta prompt the Tzibur to sing the Diddy before. After Hashem Echad Echad, that's the last puzzle in the Vim. And then you say, one, two, three. So Ras Lakosov Leim Hashma Yisrael Hashem Lokein Hashem Echad Lokein 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 Maloch. You push it into the Maloch as much as you can. Now, I'm not sure what the Chazanim here at this Yeshiva do. How are you going to be in the Yeshiva for Rosh Hashanah? Raise your hands. You'll let me know afterwards if the Chazan does it that way. And you'll get to the Riverdale, the Chazan does it that way. That I'll tell you. We are Talmud with the Rav, and I'm sure there are many other. Chazanim who learned from the Rav to do it in this fashion. And once we're discussing some of the Rav's Ha'aris on the Mahs of Rosh Hashanah, I just mentioned two more. There. there are so many, but two more which are literally relevant. One is in Zichronos, there's a big problem. There's a puzzle which seems not to belong. In the Sukkim of Tilim, it says as follows the Rebbe said the first puzzle doesn't belong all the other psukim all nine of them if you will talk about HaKadosh Baruch remembering he remembered Noah he remembered Asim Mitzrayim he remembers he remembers the Matan Torah he remembers we learned all, the, all the good things Ephraim remembers Chesed Hashem remembers I have the article in front of me. What does it say? He made a memorial for his wonders. <laughs> he made a memorial for his wonders. What does that do with Zechronos? Hashem didn't remember anything. He made a memorial for his wonders. What's it doing here? It doesn't belong. So the Rebbe theorized that it doesn't belong. But then since the word Zechah was found, it's put him with the next puzzle. It's took him a consecutive until if you, if you don't know some Svar, you say Shabbos Mincha. It's Zayin Ches Tes Yud, Zechas Lasov, Chanaracham Hashem, Teref Nosni Reiv, Yiskol Alim Brisa. Oh, Yiskol, that counts. Not the first one. So you have to add a pasuk. So the Rav added one. I, I added a pasuk. 
I leave out the middle of an emma. I say zecha teref yir v'nema yiskal misa. Then I add v'nema zochal yolav brisa davet sivol yolav dor. Pesach tilim, which is the third of the zechorus. Okay, the Rebbe said to do it. We do it. You have to understand when the Rebbe was in Maimonides, he was the boss. No one told him what to do. Did whatever he wanted. And she looked at those hadhogs. She did many interesting things. Rabbi Shechel did even more things. But you know, if you're the boss, do whatever you want. I'm not the total boss of my shul. I mean, I am in the rav, but still, you have to know you have certain limitations. So, but this, I, this I put in. And the third thing I want to mention in the rav is, is in shofars. Here too, Rabbi pointed out that they're more, it's about toys of Shalom. They're more than ten psukim. They have three psukim of Torah. Three psukim of Tilin. I'll tell them what they are. First one is Kitkoa Shofa Tishmo. Then you talk up a Shofa Godo. All right? Excuse me. That's Nevi'im. Back to Ksuvin. Olo Kim Bishru Hashem Bechol Shofa. Bechatotos Bechol Shofa. Tika Bechol Shofa. Oh, we know all these psukim. They're in the davening. And then all of a sudden, there's Venemar. And what comes? An entire parak of Tilin. An entire parak of Tilim. The last parak. What's it doing here? Sure, the word shofar is found. But Chabal Toysef, we already have an upsukkah from, from Tilim. So the Rebbe explained this whole parak does not count. It's not one of the, of the uh, ten psukim. We already have ten without it. So what's it doing here? Oh. So the Rebbe explained so beautifully and dramatically. And here we are. We've gone through almost all of, of the, of the Muslim Rosh Hashanah with all the exaltation that we had and on the sound of Taikif and, and then blowing the shofar already had twice and we had all the psukim we said twice and we're halfway through the psukim of the third one we all feel so close to the Rabbani Shalom we should feel anyway so close to Kodesh Baruch Hu, after this entire experience it's coming towards the end and when a person feels close to Kodesh Baruch Hu, he should erupt in ecstasy in simcha in Shira, what's Oz Vichetra Bimkomo? Joy comes from a Kodesh Baruch Hu, from his place. As we get closer to this place, this, we should spontaneously erupt in song. That's the Pshat in the last parak of Tilim doing right over here. And therefore, following with the Rebbe, I sing a nigger to it. Sing a nigger. Nigger should be sung because you want people to, 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 to join. Not just the Chazak that's up there. Everyone should join. Okay, this is a tip of the iceberg of some of the Hanhagas of the Rav in the Dominic of Rosh Hashanah. Before I get to Yom Kippur, there's something which I can ex- I experience personally many more times. Those are the Rav's Chuvid Rushes. Every year, for many, many, many years, the Rav would give a Chuvid Rush in Yiddish. Uh, I, I believe it was sponsored mostly by the Rabbinical Council of America. The Rav was the leader of that organization. And he would give it, usually, it wasn't even in the yeshiva, it was downtown. I remember from my, from my youth, I was still uh, in high school, my father, Zechronovich, would schlep me to come to hear the Rav speak. He spoke for hours in a Sarasim and Shuvah. And it was just, uh, you know, there's no way I can even begin to describe it. I, I can't begin. It was just so masterful, so glorious. And as a matter of fact, I'm told that when I finish, I'm trying to finish on time, Whatever that means, it'll give you a dead time, but I know you have to have time to prepare. So this is called Allah Tshuva, which is a uh, synopsis written by a man named Pinchas Peli of a number of the rushes that the Rav gave. If I understand correctly, uh, the, uh, the Tamidim is supposed to be learning 
something called Hayachas Ben Shuva, the Bechira Chavshis. I was at that one too. But the one I want to talk about, which I heard personally, is Ben Yochid Vatsibur. Ben Yochid Vatsibur. I can't get it out of my head. This is such a beautiful piece. He spoke for, for hours. I'm going to speak a few minutes. Try to give you a synopsis of what the Rebbe said. And of course, in almost every year, Hilchas Tshuva of the Rambam was the text. Almost everyone. There's no, no end to what this. I'll say just very briefly. In the very first parak of Hilchas Tshuva, the Halacha Beis, the Rambam introduces a concept called the Sora Mishtalech, the scapegoat. That's the highlight of the Avoda. We'll try when I finish this part to get to the Yom Kippur Marza a little bit. Sora Mishtalech, listen carefully, please. If a person does tshuva, all Averis are forgiven. But if he didn't do tshuva, Without tshuva, the scapegoat atones only for the lighter sins. What are the kalos? Kalos are, you know, other mitzvahs where there's no misas bezdin, there's no kores. Chamuros? No. There's no kapor on the chamuros if an individual did not do tshuva via the Sarmashalech, it only kind of takes care of the of the kalos. So the obvious question is, the Rebbe put in his when he in the middle of the Yiddish, he sometimes put in some English so people should understand. It's a concept called vicarious atonement, which means you don't do anything, you get atonement anyway. He viewed that as, if you use the word really, a Christian concept. This is not a Jewish concept. No such thing as vicarious atonement. You sit near, you're sleeping on your pillow. You have atonement. It doesn't work in our religion. So how can the Sarma Shlech accomplish anything, anything, in the absence of tshuva? And in Memanusha, if it if accomplishes something, then why doesn't it accomplish everything? Why this split between Kalos and Chamuros? And why are the Chamuros those which have Mises Bez and Okoris? These are all very, very powerful questions. Moreover, the Rebbe asks one more question probably a few more, but one I'm going to mention to you. And that is in the, in the tefillah of Yom Kippur. Each and every one of the five tefillahs of Yom Kippur, you have Ne'ilah as well, the chasimah sabrocha is the same. What is the chasimah sabrocha? I read it to you. Melech mochev v'solech l'avonoseinu I'm going to say it five times, Kam Yom Kippur. The Rebbe asked, what is the duality of Avonoseinu and Avonos Yisrael? And if, if there is a, uh, a duality, how come the duality is not repeated with respect to Ashmoseinu? That's a great question. So fortunately, I just opened up the beautiful Vesora Sarab Mavza, and he quotes in the Chuva lecture of 1969. I was there, and I'll see what he says. There's a lack of symmetry in this phrase. If we refer to the iniquities of the family of Israel, in addition to our own iniquities, why not also refer to Ashmos Amabes Yisrael? The answer is, the Rebbe said, 
Ashamos are the kinds of sins that call for the total destruction of the perpetrators. See Ramban. I remember the Ramban. The Ramban says, Ashmosenis Loshon Shmama, devastation, destruction. The family of Israel, however, will never be destroyed on a communal level, can never commit the kinds of sins categories of Ashamos. Wow. It's here. I didn't make it up. It's here. Oh. But then the question becomes, but I don't see here right now, why is it that we do, in fact, speak about Avonosenu and Avonos basis row? Let's see. No, it's not in here. Maybe somewhere else. The answer is as follows. On Yom Kippur, that's the whole theme of this, of this Shuvid Russia. That's what it's called. Ben Yochid, the Tzibur, talks about Kapora Sayochid and Kapora Satzibur. What does that mean? Kapora Sayochid and Kapora Satzibur. The answer is, an individual stands before Kodesh Baruch Hu, and if he's Zoha, he does Tshuva, he gets Kapora. The mere recognition of the effectiveness of Yom Kippur might also create a certain measure of Kapora. That's, I have that about it. In my say, for that I did not hear from the Rebbe, but it's an extension of this concept. But there's also collective kapara. Kapara satsibu. The community at large, at large, enjoys kapara. In order to be blessed with the kapara satsibu, there's only one prerequisite. It does not require tshuva. No, it does not. All it requires is your association as part of the tzibur. If you're part of the tzibur, you are the beneficiary of kaparas at tzibur. If you're not part of the tzibur, you cannot be the beneficiary of kaparas at tzibur. Explain the Rebbe Zichron and the Bracha as follows. What puts a person apart from the tzibur? There are only two things. One, if he does something which is punishable by Mises Bezin, the person is punishable by death, obviously removed from the Tzibur. But two, a person who's guilty of Chiyu Kores is separated from, the, from his nation, from his people. And as such, is not a beneficiary of the Kaporos HaTzibur. Ah, now we understand this is such a beautiful idea. We asked the question before, is there vicarious atonement? Chas v'shalom, no such thing in the Jewish life. However, even without a perfect tshuva, an individual, so long as he belongs to the tzibur at large, is a beneficiary of the kaporas at tzibur. And the tzibur is doing tshuva. You sort of get it through the back door, because you're part of the tzibur. It's not a vicarious atonement. In my mind, you have to at least believe in the effectiveness of Yom Kippur. That's a longer story based on the Rambam and Hilchus Shagogos. I can't go into that right now. Time is not allowed. But you belong to the Tzibur. You haven't done Koros and Mises Bezdin. You believe in the effectiveness of the, of the Kaporos HaTzibur. You get the Kaporos HaTzibur. It's not vicarious. You didn't do Tshuva. No, no, no Charot on the Ovar, no Vidui, no Kabbalah Yos. It doesn't matter. You still can get the Kaporos HaTzibur, which of course is primarily Bismana Mikdash from the soil, Sar Mishtaleach, and even Bisman Azer, Yom Kippur itself can do some of that Kapara from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's how my Rebbe explained the famous last words of the Mishnah Yuma, you will sing, Om Rabbi Kiva, 
Ashrechim Yisrael, Lifnei Miatim Mitayim Mitayas, Chavichas Hashemayim. Pshita. You think otherwise? You think you think otherwise? Is somewhere else? What's going on over here? The Rebbe explained. Rabbi Akiva lived in Tamil Chum and Abayas, as we well know. It's the same Rabbi Akiva in the last half in Masech Demachus. Whenever is crying and he's laughing. This is the same Rabbi Akiva, if you look at Psochim, where the Tarfan ended, Asher Golonu, past tense. And he said, Kenyagiyenu. Rabbi Akiva is always full of the same Rabbi Akiva, the optimist. Here too, he's saying, Ashrechim Yisrael, Lifnei Mi Atim Etam Avichashashemayim. Don't think that this year, you no longer have the Star Mishnaleah. You no longer have the Avonos calling on Yom Kippurim because the, 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 the Migash was destroyed. You could be distraught from the destruction of the base of Migash. No more Kapur and Yom Kippur. We, don't, we have the whole Seder Avodah is gone. Chas v'shalom. Avichem Shabbat Even in the absence of, of a base of Migash, Kodesh Baruch was Metariu. It brings you Kapur, it brings you Tahara. In any event, so we have this idea of Kaporos HaTzibur as opposed to Kaporos HaYochem. So once again, the person is over on the Kalos, quote, forgive the expression, minor sins, but he's still part of the Tzibur because there's no Kaporos HaMitzvah's Bezdim. He didn't do Tshuva. He's still a beneficiary of the Kaporos HaTzibur, which in basic English time was significantly attached to the Sar Mishaleah. That's what the Ramam says. Sora Mishalech is Kapora Lechol Yisrael. That's how he starts. It's a, it's a communal Kapora. And therefore, it can work for Kalos even without any tshuva. But Chamuros, Chamuros means you've separated yourself from the Kla Yisrael, Korosim Yisrael's Bezdin, and therefore you cannot be a beneficiary of Kapora Satsibur. What do you have to have? Kapora Sayochid. For this, there's no substitute. There has to be tshuva. All the details of tshuva. Ideas of tshuva, you just can't get it. This is a beautiful explanation of why we say in the bracha, Melech mochem boslech lavonoseinu, on a personal level, lavonos kol amo beis Yisrael, on a national level. Ashmoseinu never existed. We saw, we read it to you before, on a national level. If we understand the answer to all these questions, this is the first part, <laughs> the first part of a lengthy tshuva drasha Apparently in 1969, that's what the book says. I can't remember the year, but we take it as his word. I was a Talmud in the yeshiva at that point in time. I heard it live. Some of these things are available, I think, on tape for those who understand Yiddish. They have subtitles sometimes, but it's really uh, just a, a glimmer. For those of you who are there, Ashri Ayn Rasa, the Susor. We say that about the Kaigali Yom Kippur. So the, the Rav was not the Kohen Gadol, but it wasn't Yom Kippur either, it was Baseras and Tshuva. But Ashrei Ayin, Ashrei Ozen, we're able to see and hear that personally, these beautiful Tshuva Jerushas. I just gave you one of them, and you're supposed to start preparing in a few minutes for the comments on another one, which is this beautiful Sefer Allah Tshuva, which is, I think of all the Swarm of the Rav, the most accessible, because the Rav didn't write it. The Rav's prose is very complex. And Pinchas Peli was a journalist, he wrote in plain Hebrew. So it's, uh, I, I met this man, he's brought very nicely. The Rav gave me a shakaya for writing it, even though obviously he's, uh, whatever. Leave, it, leave that as it is. Okay. Now, a few remaining moments I have, I'm supposed to end at 10 o'clock. Um, let's talk about Yom Kippur Magzah. So I have here Yom Kippur Magzah, it's called Mesoros, Mesoros uh, Harav. Beautiful Magzah, which is uh, 
used by many people in my shul. Property of young Israel Riverdale. That's what it says. And we're going to discuss a number of things that um, that the Rav did on Yom Kippur. I was never there. Rabbi Shechter was there, and he told me yesterday that yes, whatever the Rav said, he did. He did. He wasn't just bluffing. And um, when I tell my tam- my Talmidim that uh, those who come to my shul, I hope I'm also not bluffing. So I hope that whatever I say here, I do, will do a week from Monday uh, on Yom Kippur and Shul. So I've been doing it for quite a number of years. Okay, number one. Number one. The Rebbe was fiercely opposed to Osa HaShalom. And he was against Shalom, Chas HaShalom. But instead of HaMavarach HaShalom HaShalom HaShalom, he said Osa HaShalom, the Rebbe would make you go back. Now we have to be grateful to Art Scroll. Let me explain what that means by that. I'm a big fan of Art Scroll. Before Art Scroll, every Mahs that we used, the Birnbaum Mahs, all it said, Baruch Hashem, by Sephachim, Osa Shalom. Art Scroll had the beautiful, beautiful modification. What they write in their Machzorim is a line Authorities differ as to how you end this Bracha. One says it's Osa Shalom, one says Baruch Hashem, So at least. I didn't, I didn't list the Birnbaum. Even though before Askel existed, uh, Askel didn't come out until uh, I was 10 years into Davening Yom Naron. 10 years until they finally came out. I just ignored the Birnbaum. I said, I'm a Talmud of my Rebbe. I, Rabbi, what are you, what are you doing? It's against the mouth. What are you doing over here, Rabbi? The same as the Balabatim didn't complain to me too much when I added Zohalol and Risa Dabba Silil Abdor. I put the Diddy in the wrong place and I sang a nigga in the middle of it. Uh, rabbi, he's a Talmud of Rabbi Soloveitchik, you know, if you give him, a, give him a, a, a pass to do a few little things differently. Okay, fine. Okay. It's interesting, another thing which I do, which uh, the Rav did it a little bit differently, but if you look in the, in the Kol Nidre, which is the, such a solemn tefillah before Yom, the beginning of Yom Kippur, there's something which literally, literally makes no sense whatsoever. It's hard to say it's in the Mavza. It says, Kol Nidre, da-da, da-da, di-indarno, di-ishtabano, di-acharemno, di-asano, nafshasano. What do those words mean? What do the words mean? So if you know Aramaic grammar, it means it's past tense that I, that I vowed, that I swore, that I consecrated, that I prohibited. When? Yom Kippurim Zeh, all the vows which I took from this Yom Kippur to the next Yom Kippur. I want to be a mathematician to know that the set, the total set of all those vows is zero. Because the vows that you took next year, you don't have to be a grammarian to understand that there's no, there are no vows that you took next year. So in this Mavsar, he adds that the Rav did like the Chayadah, Yom Kippur Sha'avar, Yom Kippur Yom Kippur that's what the Rav added. That's the Chayanim added. Uh, my shoe, I don't do that. It's not the minute that we have in Kval Yisrael. So it's only future tense. Like I made the Tam, called the Mesiris Modah. It's a Mesiris Modah means you are canceling in advance. It's a disclaimer in advance. Any the Dharma that you may actually make, which is exactly what we do. Um, a Hataras Dara, which was the original text of the it's hard to understand how it works. Who is who is being Mata? Who? Where's the best? The Rav did not go through that whole lengthy 
paragraph that people say Erev Rosh Hashanah and then it says you know I know it doesn't work but make it's like Nishkin Shabbos you can't say it but you know make believe as if I said it what does that mean? the Rav didn't do that he only gave a certain particular Durham means he stood up for Shimon Esrei and Kriyos HaTorah he wanted a HaTorah if he couldn't stand out that's all he did that's found in, in, in a few places I don't go. I, every every Rosh Hashanah, I don't. I don't I participate. I'm a Rebbe's Talmud. I, I don't. I think it's just. Uh, I walk out. They're all group, groups of four. You'll see three. I walk out. It's not for me. But Kol Nidre, I have in mind knocking out any possible net that I may make in the future. But but it's past tense. So when I first started davening Kol Nidre, it was back in the seventies. I don't know what to do. I, I'm not going to say this. This doesn't make any sense to me. So I consulted with a very prominent grammarian who taught for many, many years Semitic languages here in the Rebel Graduate School. His name is Richard Steiner. He was someone I knew. He died with my shul at the time. Mohammed and Chaim, his brother, Mark, who passed from COVID, was also a member of the shul. What do I do? How do I get out of this one? He gave me a trick, which I use to this day. He said, you know, with a few little minuscule changes, you can put everything in past tense on one condition. That's singular instead of plural. Singular instead of plural. This is a, a, an Aramaic grammar point, which I think most people don't have no idea what's going on about that. But he told me, you want to get it right, that's what you get it right. And therefore, this is what I say, they actually printed this Nusuf in the Bata Yosef. My nusach, my nusach. I got it from someone else who's claiming how I get it to say it should be, it should be a gibberish. All that, are, all that I vowed next year. So it goes like this, just to make it very, very brief. It goes like this. Just read you one line. Dinodarna, Udemishtabana, Udemacharimna, Udiyasarna. The change to almost imperceptible to the tzibu. But how do you get the singular? Not nafshasana, which is ours, but nafshai, singular. How do I get that to be not so, not so conspicuous? Ah. Once again, the nigan comes to save me. You know the nigan from Nidre? I'll just sing it for you for a second. And everyone chimes in. So I say, Al nafsha and I saw it, and they yell son, and I say e. <laughs> secret, but now everyone knows my secret. But that's it. That's what I do. Okay. Now, let's discuss a very serious problem, and here's where I'm disappointed in art school. I love art school. I really do. I love them. I love them to pieces. They, in my own shul, they made a revolution. The Oscar revolution is dafyomis, and it's it's. it's Unbelievable what they did. Yeah, I'm old enough to remember before Art School existed. Art School was founded, I believe, I believe, in the mid-70s. The they started with a, with a Megillah. So that's, that's Art Scrolls. It was Megillah Sessing. Somebody passed away. Rabbi Sherman, Rabbi Zlatowitz, they started this little, just, they hit the curve as, it was, as, as Jewish scholarship was, was booming. They not only hit the curve, they created the curve. Because they spread it to so many other people, uh, it's mind-boggling what they've done. The revolution now—it's—it's less, 
in less than 50 years been a revolution. Really? The world is unrecognizable. I'm a big fan. When they came out at the Mount Rosh Hashanah, I think it was the mid-80s. Mid so I can't, well, exactly, I can't tell you. Uh, no way, maybe I can tell you. What about Mount Rosh Hashanah? They give you what year it came out. August 1986, it says. It says, I think. Okay. So I said, more or less, I got it right. Ramnason Sherman Schlitter came for a fundraiser in Riverdale in the middle of the next year. I said, I much enjoyed your mouser. Do you plan to put on it for Yom Kippur? Said, yeah, hopefully next year. So apparently it came out in 87. I'm, I'm guessing. So you can do us one that favor. This you can do a big, big favor. There's something missing in every mouse that we have. It's against Shulchan Aruch, against all the Rishonim and the Gaonim, against the Gemara, against everything. What's that? Slichas. Now, Abnasim Sherman, Shlita, is a Hasidish uh, person. He damas in a, in a shtibel or maybe in Tarvadas, if you're not aware. Well, I have to assume that at least they have a Nusuf Svart Siddur, but if it doesn't have the Slichas printed in the, in the Machzer, at least says what I grew up with, Khan Arbim Slichas. What that means is that before Zechorah Chamecha, after Yalav Yavo and Shachas and Mincha, and after the, the Avoda with the Asar Gabalchus in, in, in Musa, they said, Slichas. You know what Slichas says. You've already been saying it for a few days. It's the, primarily the Yud Gimamidas over and over and over again with Piyutim in between, with a Pizman at the end. Every good Machzer has it. What's good Machzer? For example, the German Machzer that they use here down, down, the, down the hill. And you don't, we don't have it. You can put it... You're the only ones in the Oscar Revolution that can correct this Avla. This Avla did not start in America, as I thought, because Yorach HaShulchan talked about it. It happened already in his day, more than 100 years ago. And these are the words of the Yorach HaShulchan about this. I quote you directly. The Shulchan Aruch says in Simitav Reishchof, Tov lekatzer b'slichos shachris. It shouldn't be too long because then you're going to rent Muslims to be too late in the Zmanim, etc., etc. We are very strict in America. When we cut it so much, we cut it all out. It's so from in America. You make the joke, I hope you understand that. You're supposed to say slichas. What's going on? No slichas. It happened in Europe as well. And you know why it happened in Europe? Because they had this fancy chazonim. The fancy chazonim. And they were so busy with their arias, there was no time. And I quote, Aruch HaShulchan, the same Simon Tafreshchav, Kvatsavku ga'one ola v'ala chazanim. The Rabbanim yelled at the chazanim, Ach ein koach b'yodeinu limchos. What are you going to do? The chaz gets up to daven. The Maishul, the rabbi gets up to daven, so he can do what he wants, more or less. No? But as the chazan, how does he end? V'ashem yechapir. And the good Lord forgive us on Yom Kippur, for the additional sin of not saying slichas. Here in the yeshiva they say slichas. In my shul they say slichas. And, you know, in Bergen County there are many shuls. Tamini Harav, they also say slichas. Each one is on way. We have a little book that we say slichas to. Very, very, very important. Now, my final, because we're out of time, is just to talk very briefly about the Seder Avodah. 
the Rav didn't just say, didn't just teach. He lived Seder Avod. He lived the Seder Avod. As it's found in his Machzorim, he remembered as a child standing next to his grandfather, Rav Chaim Ibrisk, and he did the Seder Avoda as if he was like the Kohen Gadol Yom Kippur, because he didn't they, they, they understand. Ibrisk no coach him inside out, backwards and forwards. He taught us Seder Avoda more than one time, the Rebbe. So, yes, there's certain changes that we make in our, in our Seder Avoda. We say the Kachayamona four times instead of two times. And there's a real egregious error in the, in the poetry, because it's in poet, po- the poem. A poet has to go, he, he puts himself into knots, has to go in, in order of the, of the olive baits, or the olive baits. As a result of that, there's a terrible mistake in terms of the chronology of the, of the avodos, which is found right here in the, in the, in the biyut. I can't read the whole thing. It starts Ahmed's Koach. Like the rub preferred Atta Konant, I believe, which is his Nusuk Svar, that's more accurate. But I can't change that. I mean, we, we have Amos Koch in every Magzer. But I did change a number of things. We added Kach Yamona two extra times, as the Rebbe insisted. The Chayyad already insisted on it before the Rebbe. But there's one in the Shins. You know, it's, it goes in the order of the Alephase. In the order of the, of the Shins, it says as follows. He mixed the bloods of the of the power and the soil, and he put it on the on the gold altar, the mizbech apnimi. Seven springs on its surface and four on its corners. No comment here. How can that be? One minute. I don't understand this maxim. The rough screamed and yelled. It's against a pasuk. It's not against a mishnah. It's against a pasuk. The pasuk. And we, and we read the pasuk on, on Yom Kippur. We read the pasuk on Yom Kippur. What does it say? It says as follows. Says, then it says afterwards. So the four corners precede the seven altaro, and the python says. Shaval Torah Bikron of Arba, Rebbeinu Shalom. How can you say it's interesting? So the Chayyim switched around with the whole thing, and I, trying to be nice to my tzibur, I say Shaval Torah Acharei Bikron of Arba. With one little word, you correct the chronology. But what do you mean say it? It's all said silently. The Rebbe yelled and screamed. You have to say it out loud, because the Rebbe held Shazaras Hashatz must be said out loud that the Chazan should hear, that the Chazan should say out loud. And the Tzibah should hear every single word. As a matter of fact, the Rebbe was opposed to singing. I'm sorry to say it here. Singing on Chazar HaSashas because you're not hearing the Chazan. And I remember my son was once a Baltfila and Bruce and Rabbi Miller said, you're too much singing that people can't, can't, can't hear you. Yeah, I was screaming that hundreds of voices singing. So my son called me, what do I do, Abba? He said, there are only two songs that you have to sing so loud that you, they hear you no matter what. That is, if you sing Mechal Tolchayim, that's part of the Shmon Esrei. You sing V'Sechazad Neinenu, also part of Shmon Esrei. All the other songs are Piyutim. They're additions. If you don't say it at all, it's also good. I mean, we don't do it, we're not skipping it. But it's also not so terrible. So I say the whole thing out loud. So I once mentioned this to a, I spoke about it here, in the Bell School, there was a cantorial council 
uh, presentation about Tfilas Yom Naroim. And it's one of the Chazanim said, Sure, I learned her from. I say it all out loud. Starting where? Amitz Koach. I said, Oi, 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 oi. Amitz Koach is a humongously long piyut. The first part has nothing to do with Yom Kippur. It's all about the creation of the world, and he's straining his voice, he's killing himself. I only begin to say out loud from the ayats. Olsu Trom Deshe. That's the beginning of Oros Yamakipur. Olsu Trom Deshe. With the ayats, the first, all the letters from Aleph until Samach have nothing to do with Yom Kippur proper. I don't say it out loud. I was told that the Rebbe wanted you to say a few other things in the Mems, the Mems out loud. Of the Shavua Kodem La'asa. Just Mem. So he said Mem out loud, then Nun and Samach quietly, and then he said, uh, I don't know if the Mems are so, it's not Yom Kippur itself, it's, it's before Yom Kippur. So I, that's how I say it. And I go to the, to, to the Tufts. Not all the Tufts. Some of the Tufts are all poetry again. So where, do you, where does it end? It ends where it says as follows. In the Tuf, it says, Timem Tvilos Chomesh Rikidushim Asara. That's the end. Then, Torah Megad Masa, Bashel, boom, he looked great. I'm not looking to tell it to him, he looked great. That's very important, but not, not part of the Seder of order proper. You have to preserve your voice. That's where I stop. Rabbi it's all the tip of the iceberg, literally. I hope you got a taste, a taste, Tamaru Kitov Hashem, of our great Rebbe, and some of the things which he taught us. We should be Zocher, that our Tfilah should be in Iskabel, but you have to prepare. The Rebbe's whole point is you got to prepare for Yom the Road. You can't just walk in Rosh Hashanah, Hineni. Got to prepare. So I hope this time we spent together, please go here, Rabbi Shechter, and you get the video or the audio. I'm sure it will be great, as well as the uh, Rabbi Tversky Shlita and Rabbi Rose. I'm sure each one will add so much to your you know, Rosh Hashanah Kippur experience. It would be a privilege to hear them. Wish you all exceed the Chasim